Hi, hi, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies, and you're in for a fly solo podcast this week. I haven't done one in a while. I really, really enjoyed my menopause series. I hope you've had a chance to listen to that. Uh, but we're going to move on from menopause and move to money, <laughs> from menopause to money. And I think this is a really, really important topic to talk about, particularly with women. And I want to tell you how I sort of stumbled onto this concept that our theory of change at Tech Pixies is around money. We want to see women become financially independent. And this was something that I didn't realize I was doing when I set up Tech Pixies. When I set up Tech Pixies, I wanted to help women learn how to use social media. And in particular, I wanted them to learn how to use social media so that they would be confident uh, in their voice, with, uh, with their images, with their video being out there on social media. I wanted women to feel confident. That's why I started Tech Pixies. As women became confident, they started to leverage social media in order to return to work, change careers, or start a business. And what we started to see was financial independence. Now, I've worked with over 800 women uh, to this day uh, in our paid programs, and the transformation has been incredible watching women who were out of work go back to work or watching women in careers that they weren't thriving in switch or watching women who had an idea for a business for many, many, many years who'd never taken action on it, leverage social media in order to do that. It has transformed lives in so many different ways. We've had marriages, we've had babies, <laughs> we've had lifelong friendships, etc. But at the end of the day, what I realized is by giving women social media skills, that then help them have confidence, they can take those two skills and they can become financially independent. And it's really important for women to be financially independent because in 2022, there are still women who are married to people that they shouldn't be married to because they don't have financial independence. There are still women who are in marriages with children that aren't safe because they are financially dependent. And it's really important as we go into what's white, there's a white ribbon day on Friday the 25th, which is uh, all about uh, raising awareness for reducing violence against women. One of the things that causes violence against women is this money control. And there's so many problems with women being dependent on men for money that I want to start talking about it a lot more. Uh, we have had many women, as they have come into their own at Tech Pixies, as they've become financially independent, be able to walk away from marriages that weren't working for them, be able to move their children into places that are safer for them. And I'm really proud of that. And I didn't realize that was going to be something that would come off the back of the work that we do here at Tech Pixies. So uh, let's talk about financial independence, why it's important, and how I sort of stumbled onto it um, and not realizing that's what I was I was trying to create. Uh, and a huge part of this had to do with my own money mindset journey and realizing that money was not a priority for me for a very long time. Raise your hand if you're listening to this and you're running or you're listening to this and maybe not take your hand off the wheel if you're driving, but raise your hand if you've ever said these words. Money doesn't really matter that much to me, right? It's not about the money. It, 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 money doesn't matter that much. It doesn't it says, it's not that important to me. If you've said those words, you know that I know how you feel because that was me. I grew up in a very privileged home 
And it's been a, a conversation I haven't wanted to really talk about publicly because I don't know how people are going to react to it. But we're on a podcast talking about money. And one of the things you have to know is your experience with money shapes your perspective of money. And, uh, and it's really interesting what people say and don't say as you're growing up that how that shapes you. Now, it'd be really easy, as we all know, to blame our parents for everything. So I'm not going to, this podcast is now, but not about blaming my parents for anything. What it's about doing is observing myself in the different scenarios in my life and how I felt about it. Because what we know is that we have a money story. So if you grew up with a family, and I, this wasn't the case in my family, but if you grew up in a family where the, someone says money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, uh, save your pennies for a rainy day or, you know, someone who gave up on a dream to become an entrepreneur and therefore um, they have certain viewpoints on on whether or not you should take investment, et cetera, which, by the way, investment didn't exist in the way that it exists today for businesses 20 years ago, 50 years ago, particularly for women. So the point is, if you grew up in a household where money was talked about at all, there's probably a series of sentences that you heard growing up. And this is your money story, right? And, and how you feel about it. So some people who are raised with uh, a lot of privilege feel embarrassed by it. I know that for some of you who didn't, weren't raised with a lot of money, you might go, well, why would they feel embarrassed by it? Well, sometimes people do. Sometimes people feel embarrassed that they come from a family with money. And equally, you'll have people who come from families with no money whatsoever. And then they think everybody with money is greedy and selfish and out for themselves. So you have this, you have two people from very different perspectives um, having feelings about money. And so for me, it was a situation of, I grew up in a neighborhood that was considerably one of the nicest neighborhoods in the state that I grew up in. And I was going to a state school where most people who went to the state school didn't live in the neighborhood that I lived in. There was only a small group of people from the neighborhood that I lived in. In fact, at one point, there were less than 10 kids in the whole neighborhood I grew up in going to the school I went to. So when you have a situation like that, where you come from a privileged background and you're going into a school where most people don't live the way you do, it can feel awkward. It can feel embarrassing. And for me, that was a situation that I dealt with on a regular basis. So I learned to feel embarrassed about money. Now, what happens when you're embarrassed about money is that then you don't want to attract it to yourself, right? So I have spent a long time, uh, it has growing up, as you will, I just turned 43. I spent a long time in the 43 years I've been alive, I spent a long time being embarrassed by money. And what this does for someone is it says to money, if, you know, I'm not interested in you, I, I don't want to worry about money. I, I just, I want to do good in the world. And that's the place that I came from was I was embarrassed by money. Uh, and I wanted to, I really wanted to say money doesn't matter. And I'm just going to make the world a better place subconsciously what this does now that I have, uh, I'm a master neuro coach. I'm a brave thinking master. I have, uh, the life coaching mastery, um, training from the brave thinking Institute, as well as the master neuro coaching from Dr. Shannon Irvin. I now understand how the brain works. And I now understand that those thoughts repeated over and over again, thoughts and emotions repeated over and over again, create a belief system. And we make decisions out of that belief system and we either take action or we don't take action. So let me ask you this. If someone's embarrassed by money, 
what kind of action do you think they take when it comes to money? Well, they don't take bold, brave actions that make them lots of money because it's not what they want. They're embarrassed by it. So equally, if someone's on the other end of the spectrum, let's say they've been raised with no money whatsoever and it's always been a struggle and their parents have always said only greedy people make money, then in their head, it's like, oh, I don't want to be greedy, so I don't want money either. So we have this huge issue where people on both sides of the spectrum are really struggling to to get to a place where they're comfortable with money and they want to make money and they want to become financially independent. Now, this is exacerbated for women for two reasons, okay? Two major, major reasons. One of the reasons that this is exacerbated by women is epigenetics. And it's the fact that not for a decade, not for a century, not not for multiple centuries, but for millennia, women have worked for free. Uh, They have done unpaid labor. In fact, um, there's also been a huge study out by the Gates Foundation about the impact of COVID on women. There were 13 million women who left the workforce during COVID to look after children. There's an anticipated two more million of women that are going to leave. So 15 million women have left the workplace and they're not going back. And this is a problem. This is a problem for the world, but it's also a problem for women and it's a problem for the children who are watching the women do it right? We have a big problem. Now, majority of men or big percentage of men who left the workplace during COVID have gone back, but it's not the same for women. So the impact is massive on us as we leave the workplace to look after children, to look after elderly parents, right? For the majority of the world, when someone is needed to look after an elderly parent or a a sick child, The woman is the one who stands up and does the work. She puts her hand up and says, I'll do it. And she doesn't get paid for it. So we're not talking about a, you know, blip in history. This is millennia. And that's what we, when, when it's ingrained in us that we work for free as women and we are not supposed to be paid for it. We have then this other layer of a challenge when it comes to actually making money. So that's number one, epigenetics. It's about the years and years and years and years and years that we've been dealing with, um, you know, with not being paid to work. The other thing that we deal with as women uh, in all uh, frankness is the safety, right? The safety of the workplace, the rights within the workplace, um, what rights we have, what rights we don't have. Uh, The Me Too movement was popular for a reason. Uh, when I had my very first job at Bear Stearns, which no longer were, um, exists anymore, but my very first job at Bear Stearns, uh, I was there was a night at the uh, where everyone was invited out. All uh, the whole team was invited out for a team meal, and only three people were not invited, and that was me and the two other assistants, and they were all three of us were female. And when I went into the boss's office and I said to him, you know, look, I don't think this is fair. Everyone's going to the dinner except for me and the other two gals. What's going on? He said to me, you'd be a distraction. That's literally what he said. And that was my Me Too moment. No, I wasn't sexually harassed and, you know, nothing happened to me. But I was eliminated from a team dinner because of my sex. Now, I have women who've come through our program who have worked in an office with men who've been sexually harassed or attacked and they don't ever want to work in an office again. They've been bullied by men and they never want to work in an office again. They've been bullied by women. It doesn't matter. You can be bullied by both parties. But the key here is 
women don't feel safe in the workplace. We have a huge movement right now in the UK about menopause. Why is that important? Because menopause is actually a period of time that affects women, just like puberty affects teenagers, and it massively impacts their ability to do their job. And unless there's measures in place to make sure that person feels supported, they will leave their job. So we the, the two major factors here that are against women when it comes to becoming financially independent have to do with millennia of working for free and the expectation that that's what's done and right in the world and this fact that it's not safe for women to work in the workplace. Uh, and for a long time, they couldn't even have bank accounts. I remember when um, Dame Stephanie Shirley wrote her book, Let It Go. She couldn't even open her business account without her husband. He had to open the business account for it. Now, this was back in the 1960s, but we're not talking a long time ago. It's not even 100 years ago. A woman couldn't even open a bank account, right? So we do have some factors against us. That does not mean that we should say, oh, well, forget it. You know, it's too hard to make money. Let's not do it. Absolutely not. That just says, okay. This is where we're at. This is the groundwork. And let me just add in the fact that if you are also from an ethnic, diverse background, it's even harder, right? Let's just throw that on. There's the third reason, right? Not just women. You come from a background that is ethnically diverse or you come from a different sexual orientation. Make, let's just make it even more complicated, right? So there are reasons why women are not financially independent. And it has a lot to do with these epigenetics being expected, expected to work for free, the rules and the safety around what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. And then, you know, finally, let's just be clear that not every not everyone is equal. And as much as we try and make it equal, the stats show the truth. Right. So. That's where we're starting with on this. And no matter what background you came from, you got that, right? That's the foundation that your background is built on. So even if I came from a privileged family where, you know, I could go to great schools and I could get a fantastic education, which I did. I got an amazing education. I am so grateful for it. I have also the fact that I've got to contend with being a woman, right? And I've got to contend with being in a society where it's still expected for women to step out of the workplace when someone gets sick or when babies are born. Right. And I was very lucky when I had my children that I could take time out of the workplace to look after my kids. And it was a choice of mine, sort of. Right. I lived in Switzerland. And if you've heard my story before, you know what happened to me. I was in a recruiter's office and I'd just gotten married and I was getting ready for an interview for a job. And they said, do you have any more questions to ask us? And I said, well, yeah, I have one question. What's the maternity leave policy? What are the maternity rights in Switzerland? I'd heard they were a lot better in Switzerland than they were in the United States, which has none whatsoever. I think it's two weeks, if that. And he literally, the recruiter looked at me. He stood me up. He escorted me out of the office, not to the front door, but to the fire escape. And he literally was like, I can't help you. And he just left me there, shut the door. And my heart sank in that moment as I stood there and watched my entire future career crumble at my feet. Here I was, a highly educated woman from one of the seven sister schools in America, which were the 
effectively the um, in the early days when the Ivy Leagues didn't have uh, women in, at them, there were seven sister schools. And I was at Skidmore, which was one of the seven sister schools. I went to Phillips Exeter Academy, one of the best high schools in the world, certainly one of the best high schools in the United States. Mark Zuckerberg came out of Exeter. A few presidents have. It's it's a place where you're expected to go and do great things in the world. So here I am, this woman who's you know left school and I've just gotten married and I'm standing there ready to go tackle a career that still works with my family. And I'm walked out to the back of the building and left at the fire escape with my future career crumbling around me. That's what we're dealing with here right? And I've got a fantastic education and I've got an incredible background and I still saw my career crumble in front of me. So I get on the train to go back to Lucerne, which is where we lived from Zug, which is where I was having this conversation. And I start thinking, there's got to be other people out there like me. There's got to be other people. I cannot be the only person who's moved overseas to be with my husband, given up my career. And now I'm sitting here, what the heck do I do? Right? And turns out I wasn't the only one. The idea I got on the train was to start creating a, a, an environment where people could come together to connect with each other who are in similar situations to myself. And that's where my first business idea was born. It was actually another one of my friend's uh, ideas from the church, but I helped her build it. And this fueled my fire for the burning desire to see change happen for people like me. So the key here is we have a background. We have a money story. And that money story is taken in part from what our background is, how we grew up, where we grew up, what our parents said about money, what they what they didn't say about money. I know people who grew up in houses where money wasn't even talked about. So the key here is we have a background. We are not our background. We have a story. We are not our story. So the first two steps in working through money mindset is to establish what your old money mindset story is. Like, where did you grow up? What did your parents say? What did you learn? What did you, how did you feel? Key, key word here is how you feel. Two people in the exact same situation can feel completely differently about it. Now, that does not make one right and one wrong. It just, you just recognize this is how someone feels. And it may not have been the intention for that person to feel that way, but they felt that way anyway. Was some of the best counseling advice I'd ever received in my life was two people can look at the same situation and feel completely different. Neither one of them are wrong. That's how they feel. So when you look at your money mindset story up until now, look at what did you think? What did you hear? How did it make you feel? How does money make you feel? How did, how did money make you feel? And we know Einstein says everything is energy. This is science. It's not, it's not philosophy. It's not religion. It's science. Everything is energy, which then means money itself is energy. And our thoughts about money is energy. So we also know where your energy flows, your attention goes, right? So if, we, if our energy is, I don't like money. It makes me nervous. It makes me anxious. Then we just stay away from it. We don't look at the bank statements. We don't deal with the, the bills, right? We just ignore it. So really important when you're crafting your, when you're, when you're working on your money mindset that you look at that old money mindset story. Very, very, very important. And I call it the old money mindset story because that's how you felt up until now. The very fact that you're listening to this podcast means you're interested in shifting that money mindset. 
And I was very interested in shifting my money mindset, right? I wanted to feel differently about money, but I didn't know that's what I needed to do. I knew I wanted things to change, but I didn't know what I wanted to change or how I wanted to change it. So one of the things that um, that I did was I got coaching. And one of the coaches that I had said, you need to know what your values are. What are your values? And we did this exercise where I wrote out all my values. And then what he said was, okay, now you have to trade one of your values in order to uh, save the world. And he just, and it kind of escalated from, I mean, well, it was, you have to trade one of your values for a sandwich. You have to trade one of your values, you know, to, to, um, to, to save the kid across the street. You have to trade one of your values to save your school. You have to trade one of your values to save the world, you know? So you had to start giving up values. And then what he said was the, the last few values you have left, those are your values. Those are the things that matter to you. And for me, my values have always sat around faith. Number one, always faith. Family is in there, number two. And and then it was things like fitness, friends, fun. Um, but one thing that wasn't there was finances. It wasn't even in my value set. And we're talking in the last couple of years. This is a, this is a realization, realization, a revelation I made in, in my 40s, right? We're not talking about something I discovered 20 years ago. But in doing all the brain work that I've had to do in order to build a business that has generated over 1.38 million pounds of revenue, I had to do money mindset work. I had, in order to have the guts to go and raise money for the business, I had to do the work. I had to get confident about what I was talking about. I had to get confident about numbers. I had to get, I had to create a business plan. I had to go and pitch a business plan and I'm doing it now. I just created a new business plan for the next three years and I've got to go pitch for a half a million pounds. Previously, I was only pitching for 90 pounds. Now I'm pitching for 500,000. We evolve. At, if we want to evolve, we can evolve, but we have to take those steps and we have to look at what am I thinking? What do I want to think? How do I bridge the gap between where I am and where I want to be? It's really, really important. So the first step is what's my old money mindset story? Uh, in the Money Mindset Masterclass, which uh, is on special offer until after Cyber Monday when the price goes up, in the Money Mindset Masterclass, I do an exercise where I help you craft your old money mindset story. And I call it the I hate money story. It's all the feelings that you hate about money that you currently have. And we get you to write them all down. And then the second step is the I love money story. And it's really taking all of those sentences and saying, well, if these were positive sentences and I loved money right? What would I say about it? And there's a great story that one of my mentors says, uh, tells, she went to go see a speaker. She really, really wanted to hear. Uh, he was a transformational speaker, amazing person. She really wanted to hear what he had to say. So she was there. She's in the front row. She's ready to go. And he comes out on stage and he kisses money. And he goes, mm, oh, I just love money. And he starts talking about it. And she's sitting there going, you know, that's not even spiritual. I love money. That's just so wrong. And he said, and and then he said, what if, what if instead of kissing my money, I brought out, you know, my, my grandchild and I gave him a big hug and a big cuddle and kiss on the cheek and said, oh, look at my grandson. He's so cute. And isn't he wonderful? Wouldn't you feel differently? And she's like, well, yeah, I would feel differently. And the point is that then he goes on to say, and I bet some of you were sitting there when I was kissing money saying, that's not even spiritual, right? Because he was in, he was in the faith uh, you know, he was, he was, it was a talk that was based on faith. Anyway, the point is we all have a reaction. 
right? So when we look at the I hate money statement or the old statements that we wrote, we then want to transform that into the I love money statements. So for example, if someone says, I hate my bank account being empty all the time, that's the I hate money statement. The I love money statement is, I love that my bank account is full every time I check it, right? So it's the opposite of that. And that's really important that we start to recognize what the expansive feeling would be if you had it. So the I hate money story is like, here's all my negative thoughts, my automatic negative thoughts, my ants around money. And the I love money story is if I transformed those, this is this is what I would be saying to myself. And and just even doing that exercise, you you can see how you would feel differently. For example, instead of saying I'm embarrassed by money, I could say I'm really proud of the fact that I've built a successful, sustainable business. Right. I could say that. Even if it's not yet true for me, that's how I want to feel about it. Then I can create and craft that statement. And then I can go to work at putting a plan into place to make it happen. So the third step is your money mindset action plan. And when in the Money Mindset Masterclass, I go into this in really deep detail. And this is where we, we look at what, what would I love? What would I love to do to make money? And you come up with all the ideas you possibly can. And there's 20 of them. You come up with 20 ideas and you have to come up with 20. That's the minimum viable number, right? We need as many ideas as possible. We live in an abundant universe. And if you don't think we live in an abundant universe, look at the abundance of bills you have. <laughs> look at the abundance of, of outgoings you have, right? We live in an abundance, abundant universe. It's just how you're looking at it that matters, right? We don't even know where the end of the universe is. We can't, we, and we have about a teeny tiny percentage of understanding of how science actually works. Like metaphysics opened up an entire can of worms that no one really knows that much about. So we have to understand that on a basic level, we live in an abundant universe. We are part of that abundant universe. We are all interconnected into that universe, right? This we know is true because if I act a certain way, that affects the people around me. We are interconnected right? Really important to understand that. And we have an abundance of ideas. So we want to push you in this exercise to think of 20 different ways you could make money. And then I go into detail about how you take those 20 ideas and you come up with a money mindset action plan. And here's my favorite part of this. Between the first day of the money mindset class and the second day, so it's done over two sessions that are two hours each, there was a week in between when I filmed it. Now, the recording is what's available as our Money Mindset Masterclass special. But what's really interesting is between those seven days that someone had joined the live and then the second one, she actually went out and got a job and started making money that she didn't have the week before, right, with this action plan. So this action plan works. It's a really good action plan. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful piece, uh, a wonderful tool. So I hope you will go and grab the Money Mindset Masterclass. And let me tell you about the Money Mindset Masterclass for a second. It funds our scholarships for women who can't afford to do our social media training because they're on universal credit. So that means women who are below the poverty line get assistance in paying for their course at Tech Pixies. So when you go and buy the Money Mindset Masterclass to help yourself with money, you're also helping fund a place for a woman who needs assistance on our program. Tech Pixies is a social enterprise. We're an award-winning social enterprise. We've worked with about 38% of the women who come through our program have come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. We are all about getting confidence up, getting skills up, and going out and becoming financially independent. So 
Part three of the Money Mindset Masterclass is the Money Mindset Action Plan. And I walk you through exactly how all that works in the Money Mindset Masterclass. And then step four is the Money Mindset Brain Prime. Now, I'm going to do you a little bit of a favor, and I'm going to give you a draft of a Money Mindset Brain Prime. But I would highly recommend if you want one that is very much tied into you and who you are and what you want to accomplish, that the Money Mindset Masterclass is something you invest in because you'll be able to craft something that's a lot more specific to you. But a money mindset brain prime is effectively a way of taking all the automatic negative thoughts you have around money, creating a reframe of them, and then recording it and listening to it every day for 67 days. And in the money mindset workbook that we have, we have a thing you can tick off every day that you've done it. You listen to your money mindset brain prime first thing in the morning and last thing at night. So I'm going to give you a sample one. Now, a while ago, I created an I am worthy uh, brain prime. And I'm worthy is one of the most fundamental brain primes that someone can do, right? I'm worthy of a life I love. I, you know, And then when it comes to money, it's I am worthy of being paid for my craft. Uh, I'm worthy of being able to uh, do what I love and uh, be able to take care of my family. Not either or, right? Brave thinking is and. Yes, and. Yes, I want to be a musician and I want to get paid for it, right? Yes, I want to be a comedian and I want to be paid for it. Yes, I want to be an artist and I want to be paid for it. Yes, I want to be uh, someone who does knitting and crochet and yes, I want to be paid for it. Yes, I want to do gardening and yes, I want to be paid for it. You should not have to choose between your passions in life and your ability to make money. And so many people do, not just women, but men as well. So in this Money Mindset Brain Prime, we're going to help you craft a brain prime that helps you to turn up the volume on deserving the money that is there for you to go and earn if you want to. But we have to have the new money mindset story in place. We have to have the new money action plan in place. And we have to have the new money mindset brain prime in place. Those three things are key. Now, there's a fifth part of this, which is the last part of the Money Mindset Masterclass. And that is where I talk about the importance of making a decision. In order to change things in your life, you have to make a decision. I'm going to stop surviving and I'm going to start thriving, right? You have to make a decision. I'm going to start caring about money. I'm going to start making it important for me. Now, women have a hard time with this part, the decision part. It's the decision to be financially independent. And it's and what underlines the decision to be financially dependent is the feeling that you deserve to be financially independent, right? That you have the right to be financially independent, that you deserve to be financially independent. Now, here, let me tell you a few a few statistics from an article in Forbes uh, that Maggie Germano wrote. She said 93 percent of women compared to 80 percent of men give to charity or volunteer. 46.7% of women donors give to causes that support women and girls compared to 37.1% of men. Women invest more than 90% of their assets and their earnings back into their families to improve nutrition, education, and healthcare versus 44% of men. Mackenzie Scott, the ex-wife of eBay founder Jeff Bezos, is a prime example of this. In two years, she gave away $12.8 billion, which is 20% of her income, whereas her ex-husband has only given $2.4 billion away, which is 5% of his income. So if you don't think you have the right to be financially independent 
and you don't think you deserve to be financially independent, if you are a woman, statistically, you're better with money in the way that it's used to make the world a better place than men are, statistically. So you do deserve to have it in your hands because you will make the world a better place when it is in your hands. What you choose to invest in for your family and for your community is entirely up to you. But I will tell you that when money is in women's hands, it's in a really good place. One of the things that I give you as a bonus for the Money Mindset Masterclass is a list of books. Uh, it's a Money Mindset Recommended Reading List. And these are books that helped me transform my money mindset. And I'm in the, I'm, I'm not done with this. I'm in the, I am in the very beginning of this. I only started working on money mindset probably around the COVID time. And that's when Tech Pixies grew really, really fast. And I mentally wasn't ready for it. I, I always wanted it to grow really fast and I always wanted more people, but then I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it because I'd never seen that much money come into my life that quickly. So we went from being a company that turned over 50, 80,000 pounds a year on a regular basis to all of a sudden we turned over 411,000. Then all of a sudden we turned over almost 600,000. So in the space of two years, we turned over a million pounds. I was not mentally prepared for it. I didn't know what just happened to me and I crumbled underneath it. And I, and I, and I've had to rebuild. I've spent an entire year rebuilding because I wasn't ready for it. I mentally, I was like, what's going on? And I just hired a bunch of people and I, I, you know, I paid for, all sorts of things that I was already doing myself previously. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and, and that's not, you know, it, well, it's my fault that I didn't know what I was doing, but it's, it's by dreaming bigger and by putting myself out there that I found out, Oh, I don't know how to do this. And now i got to figure out how to do this. Many of us don't even take those bold steps to put ourselves out there to the extent that we learn all of this stuff. I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about launching a mastermind and they were saying, Launching a mastermind was the best personal development move I ever made because I suddenly had to become a leader. And I thought that was so true. You know, when we take bold moves with our life, we learn more than when we sit and stay safe. And people like to stay safe because we we don't have to grow. But we want to grow. As humans, we want to grow. We're in a growing universe. The universe is ever expanding. We are part of that universe. You do not wake up in the morning and breathe yourself. You do not wake up in the morning, make your heart beat, right? We, those things happen to us. We wake up. It's like, okay, we're here another day. Let's go do something. How are we going to do it? Are we going to do it with an old money mindset or a new money mindset story? Um, I'm going to just wrap up this podcast on this, this one really important thought, and then I'll do the brain prime. Money mindset is fundamental to women making the world a better place, becoming more empowered. We, we must embrace it. We must take steps to understand it and to break it down and to craft new stories and to lean into those new stories if we want to have the biggest impact that we can on this earth. So what I really want you to do is turn up your sense of deserving. Turn up your sense of trusting that the way it's always been done is not the way it's supposed to be done, right? The career choices that my mother had you know, I have two moms. The career choices that my mothers had when they were going was like nurse or teacher. That was it. They did not have the options that we have now as women. And it's our job, especially post-pandemic, to fight 
to make sure that we get those 15 women who've left the workplace back in the workplace. When women start businesses, they hire other women. Probably over the years, I've hired 40 women in various different jobs to do various different things at Tech Pixies, maybe more. Very important that we're providing environments where women can go and get flexible, well-paid work, right? Super, super important. Okay, so just remember, we got number one, you have the right, and number two, you deserve it. These are fundamental things to making the world a better place. And we know money in women's hands does that. The other thing I want you to remember is when we're switching from a, a, a lack to abundance, right? It's a mindset shift. You have to shift it. When you're always looking for the lack, you're looking for the problems. That happened and this happened and that happened and this happened and I've got this problem and that problem. And that's the lack. Like everything's going wrong and I'm going to talk about it. And it's, it's not a very fun place to be for you or anyone around you listening to you. So one of the best things you can do is stop complaining and start looking at what you do have and be grateful for it. It's this shift from lack to abundance. It's a shift from, from ingratitude to gratitude, right? And it's this concept of I've got a roof over my head. I've got food in the fridge. I've got people around me who love me. I've got a job that challenges me and it pushes me to be the best version of myself. Every challenge you have is an opportunity. Every challenge you have is an opportunity. So how do you look at the challenge and say, okay, what good can come of this? And that's really important when we're switching from a mindset of lack to abundance is instead of always saying, you know, oh, you know, I like, I'm, you know, I got paid for one thing, but I, I didn't get paid for three things. It's like, well, then you got paid for one thing. Let's build on that. If you can get paid for one, you can get paid for three, right? So how do we look at what we've got and say, oh, I got paid for one. So I'll get paid for another one. Maybe it's a project, right? Maybe, maybe you're a project manager and you got paid for one project. Well, great. Go Now you've got evidence that you've been paid for one project. Let's go do a second project and get paid for it, right? When people come into the social media management world and they, 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 a lot of times they're doing it for free, they're volunteering as a social media manager. And that's one of the worst things they can do because they set up the precedent that social media shouldn't be paid for, that it's a free thing. Here's what I say to people. I don't care if you want to do it for free. Do it for free for six weeks to 12 weeks. Don't ever do more than 12 weeks of free social media, full stop. That's a gift to anybody that you do 12, you know, six to 12 weeks, unless there's some kind of arrangement between them and you. But in, in terms of maybe you're getting in kind a different way. But let's say, let's say you're doing free social media for six weeks or 12 weeks for somebody. You still clock your hours. You still add up how much time it took you to deliver that service. And then you send them an invoice with 100% discount, but you send them an invoice every single month so that they know the value of your work and you know the value of your work. I know that if you do that after three invoices that are, you know, 5,000 pounds each or 3,000 pounds each or 2,000 pounds each or 1,000 pounds each, you're going to go, oh my goodness, I just gave 3,000 to 15,000 pounds worth of value away for free. Not doing that again. And then you negotiate and you say, I'd love to keep working for you, but I do have to start charging. And then you work your way up, right? You, for your first client, you charge 50% of what you would like. And then the next one, 75%. And then the next one, 100%. And the next one, 125%. It's entirely possible to raise your prices as you go along. 
And if you have to say, no, I can't work for you anymore at that price, you can walk away and get another customer that will pay you that price. I have a win in our group today of someone or on Friday of someone who who went for a job. She 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 loved the interview. She loved the people and she walked away and she said, I, I'd love to do the job, but you didn't give there's too many hours and there's not enough pay. And they said, if we change the pay and change the hours, would you reconsider the role? And it made a massive impact on her. She got exactly what she wanted and exactly what she deserved. She would not have got that if she didn't turn up the volume on the deserving that she deserved to do the hours that she wanted to do with the time that she wanted to do because she has the experience that she's built up. But more importantly, the confidence to say, I'm not doing that job unless it fits this criteria. And let's just say right now, there's people want people in jobs and it's hard to find people for those jobs, good quality people for those jobs. So if you're good at what you do and you're confident about your, your worth, you are going to be able to do some good negotiation right now because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the great resignation. People are moving and getting better offers all around us. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up this, this podcast with the I'm worthy, um, money mindset pod, um, brain prime, and we'll, we'll even pull it out. So you have just the I'm worthy part on its own, but it's really important that we do this work as women because this work makes the world a better place. And if I haven't made enough good arguments in this podcast for you to believe that, please go read uh, Rachel Rogers' book, We Should All Be Millionaires. It is fantastic. And she makes one of the strongest arguments that I have ever read uh, as to why women need to put their brave pants on and go out there and become financially independent. So here we go. Brain Prime goes something like this. I am worthy of earning money in a career that I love. I deserve to bring my gifts to the world to make the world a better place and to get paid for it. And with the money that I earn, I will make the world a better place. I will invest in my education, my children's education, their health, their mental health, my mental health, my personal development, their personal development. I deserve to earn money doing something that I love. I am good at what I do. I am really good at what I do. And I have spent years learning this craft and honing this craft. And I bring my unique and special perspective to the world with this craft. I deserve to get paid for it. I have the right to get paid for it. And I will make the world a better place when I do. There's your money mindset brain prime. Something along those lines. Now, if you don't have kids, you got to change it, right? You can invest in your grandchildren or your, your godchildren or your nieces or your nephews. Or your, maybe you want to invest in the, making the planet a better place. You know, one of the things that I want to do when I have a nice, healthy profit in the company is I want to invest in uh, mammogram screening for women, right? It's impossible to get a mammogram in this country, in the UK. I'm saying this in 2022, it's impossible to get a mammogram if you're not old enough, right? I'm 43. I couldn't get one if I tried and I did try. I had to fly to America to get a mammogram, right? And it turns out I've got the kind of 
breasts that they they have to do extra mammograms on because it's thick. Like I have thick tissue and you can't always detect things on thick tissue. I've had too many friends die of breast cancer at my age in their early 40s. So that's what I care about. That's what I'm going to invest my money in when I have a profit. So that's what we also want to be saying is, what are you going to spend your money on when you're profitable? What are you going to spend your money on when you've got more money than you need, right? Or more money that, than, than you would love, right? What, what, would you, what would you dream of it? Dream of it. What would, I, have, I imagine this, this bus, this mammogram bus. They have them in Northern Ireland. They don't have one in England. A mammogram bus that says tech pixies all over it. And it's driving around the country. And women can get mammograms no matter what age they are. They just have to go onto the bus, get the mammogram. It's done. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? That's why we need to make money because we can do amazing things with it. So I invite you, if you haven't already got your hands on it, to go grab our Money Mindset Masterclass. Uh, it's available at special offer until Cyber Monday, and then it goes up in price. So this is your last chance to get it at the current price. So if you go to techpixies.com forward slash money mindset. That should be where you need to go in order to get your hands on the money mindset masterclass. It is a replay. I did a live, uh, live training. I may do a live training again. It was really, really fun and people got a lot of value out of it. But for now, uh, the re the replay is available. If we do a live again, anyone who buys the replay will be invited to come to the live. So I would really encourage you to get your hands on it. I'd really encourage you to step up as a woman, become financially independent, do the work you need to do, read the books, get the coaching, get the support. Don't leave this any longer. Don't wait on this. It will not change unless you invest your time, energy, effort, and money into it. And it's worth investing your time, energy, effort, and money into it because of what it can do for the rest of the world. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for your listening today. I really appreciate it. And I also want to say huge Thank you and gratitude to those of you who are loyal podcast listeners. Uh, today, I found out that we passed the 75,000 podcast download mark uh, since we started the podcast. In fact, we're almost at 77,000. We now have a new goal of 100,000. So please, if you found this podcast helpful, share it with someone you know who might benefit from it. The fact that there have been 70 almost 77,000 downloads of this podcast just make my heart melt. And I'm grateful to every single one of you who listens to this podcast. I'm grateful for every single one of the 500 five-star reviews we have across Facebook, across Google, and across our podcasts, Apple Podcasts. It really matters to me. And I am so, so grateful. So please share this podcast with anyone you know that might need a little bit of help with their money mindset, which by the way, is pretty much every woman you know. Uh, so please share that. You can find all our series at techpixies.com forward slash free resources and at techpixies.com forward slash podcast. And you can also register to be notified whenever we do a live podcast so you don't miss them live in case you want to come on and ask any questions. I'm so thankful to you and your time and uh, I appreciate you and I hope you have a great, great day, week, month, rest of your year. And I look forward to seeing you in the Money Mindset Masterclass.